Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Voices in Recovery is produced by Freedom's Path Recovery Society, a registered Canadian charity. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider a donation at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca. All donations go directly to assisting Freedom's Path in providing services free of charge and helps us keep the podcast going. We are grateful for any and all donations. This podcast discusses difficult topics such as childhood abuse, drug and alcohol use, sexuality, sexualized trauma, and more. If you are under the age of 18, please speak with your legal guardian prior to listening. The opinions expressed during the podcast are those of the individual and not those of Voices in Recovery or Freedom's Path Recovery Society. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chinookie. We acknowledge the Satuna, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. So thank you so much for coming on, Saima. Um, this must have been, like, I was thinking of it when I was upstairs waiting for you. I was like, I wonder how weird this feels for her. Because, like, we don't know each other. No, right? we don't. We don't. It's the first time we're meeting today. So um, I'm usually used to giving interviews and stuff. You know, the mainstream media comes mm-hmm. to me every week. But then, you know, it's always you talk for, like, 15 minutes. They take 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it gets so frustrating to get them the right message through. Yeah. And even after you get them the right message through, especially when it comes to this topic of Israel-Palestine, they're so selective in what they want to hear, what they want to put out to the public. It's very disappointing. It's very frustrating. And it's been the case for many years. You know, in 2014, I hosted six rallies throughout the entire bombing of Gaza in Mm -hmm. City Hall. Every Friday we were hosting rallies. And um, at that time... The mainstream media, we were very critical. Mm-hmm. We were very critical of them. It, I, we realized at first that, okay, we were just thankful that they were covering our rallies. Mm-hmm. Then we found out a fight had broken out in one of the rallies, and then they started covering our rallies as something like violent or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is crazy, you know? Yeah. And then we were so critical of every media article that came out that journalists started feeling the pressure. They started feeling that, okay, we can just go about, say, willy-nilly, whatever we want about them. So I literally started having these reporters call me the next day after they would read my Facebook status. It's like, why did you say this about me? I'm like, well, we talked before you put this thing out, Mm -hmm. and we talked about this, and you printed this. You spun the story into something completely different than what we talked about. Mm -hmm. So I'm, of course, going to call you out, and I'm going to let the public know that this is what you did. Mm -hmm. So you can't keep on doing this to us. That really shook them in ways that they have never had anybody shake them. Usually people Mm -hmm. are just regular public that would talk, talk about their articles it wouldn't usually be somebody of influence so Mm -hmm. because when I would speak about it there's a tons of people that are reading my posts so Mm -hmm. that's why they got a little shaky that okay if she's speaking this badly this critically about it I need to improve my next reporting on this topic yeah so we have to always call them out Mm -hmm. you know 
And people say that we got to write to them too. You know, one yeah. friend of mine told me, if you don't email them, you know, create like three, four different accounts and mm -hmm. email and just email them because otherwise they don't change their behavior. Yeah. So that's a big fault of ours. You know, mm -hmm. we, we don't have a huge army of people ready to speak out professionally to these news agencies. Mm -hmm. While the other side, the Zionist side, they have like the best of stenographers, mm -hmm. you know? The moment anybody speaks out, they will tell you, you're anti-Semitic, you're anti-Semitic, mm -hmm. anti they'll shut you down with this absurd accusation mm -hmm. just because you're speaking up on genocide. Mm -hmm. So, and then they have a whole paid staff like an army of paid staff, you know, locally in mm -hmm. the city and nationally in all the uh, uh, um, Zionist organizations mm -hmm. like Sija and all of those things. So yeah. they're very well funded. So they have that whole um, uh, machine set up to counter everything. Even if one journalist speaks up, they will send letterheads uh, from like official organizations. Mm -hmm. We might have the Muslim Council of Calgary or whichever else, Justice for Palestine, but none of us are writing to any mm. newspapers to tell them that this is what you have done wrong because we are so focused on just changing grassroots mentality. Mm. And honest to God, it did work though. Now mm. you go walk around in the streets, I feel like 75% of the people have changed their minds. Mm -hmm. You know, the public have changed their minds. Mm -hmm. You talk to people now on social media, you see so many comments, people are like, I used to be a Zionist, you know, mm -hmm. I used to be a big Christian Zionist. That's how I was raised. But then yeah. after seeing what's been going on, I changed my mind, I opened my eyes, and yeah. I never knew any of this before. People were just completely, absolutely uneducated on this topic, so misinformed, mm -hmm. so in the dark that they think that, you know, this is God's gift to Israel and we as the West gave it to them and end the story. Nobody was there before. They don't mm -hmm. understand colonization. They don't understand occupation, oppression, all the crazy shit that they've been doing to Palestinians mm -hmm. for the last 75 years. Nobody knows, nobody understands. So this almost 30,000 people have to be massacred for mm. people to open their eyes yeah. to what's been going on there for the last 75 years. Yeah, that's heartbreaking. Like, it's heartbreaking that, the, that we didn't know. But like you said, we, what you did in 2013 and what you, what's happening now, it's all connected. Right? Everything is kind of, you think yeah. this story just began on October 7th? Definitely not. You think that, you know, if uh, all of a sudden one political faction of the Palestinian people, if you destroy them, if you, you think this problem is going to go away? No. Hamas is just the fallout of that problem. Mm -hmm. It's just a result of that problem. It's not the reason for this problem. No. So this is until or unless people understand that and address mm -hmm. the root causes, None of this is going to go away. It's yeah. going to perpetually stay. And the, this perpetual killings on both sides will keep on going. Mm -hmm. And even if you consider outside of the Israel-Palestine, the, the Arab world, you know, mm -hmm. um, the Arab world, the people there are so angry and upset about mm -hmm. this issue too because Israel has been following what they have put in their forefront is not peace. 
is not peace for their people or Palestinians. They have put occupation and expansion as their number one goal. Mm -hmm. So when you see Israel taking land away from Arab countries like Jordan, like Syria, mm -hmm. you know, they've taken, they've expanded to Syria and Jordan too. Mm -hmm. You know, the Golan Heights, you know, all of this is like Arab land that they have stolen. So when you have a government that is more focused on occupation, land ex in expansion and, and, and settlements, this issue will never go away. Mm -hmm. You know, not in, for Palestinians, not for the Arab world. Mm -hmm. It's a threat all the time. If you really cared about your own people, you know, I was listening yesterday to Wassam, our lead in all the rallies mm -hmm. that is happening in the city. He, was, uh, he visited Palestine just a few years ago. I visited Palestine too a few mm. years ago. And over there, this old man, he was just looking at settlements and he was telling him that, I don't want these people to leave. You know, they were born here too. Mm. You know, all their young people are born here too. I just want myself to have the same rights that they do. Mm. And that's the bottom line. Yeah. Muslims, Jews, Christians, atheists, whoever is there, to all have the same rights, mm. to not have apartheid, yeah. to not have one rule for one set of religious people and a completely different rule for another set of religious mm. people. And people don't understand how unbalanced and how hostile the environment is for Arabs there. Mm, people don't know that. I'll tell you my own experience. Mm -hmm. You know, when I went there, even though I am a Muslim, I'm, I don't wear the hijab. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a visible Muslim. Mm -hmm. So when I was there in Jerusalem, I woke up on a Sunday morning, and my first Sunday there, and I went to uh, the, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, and I visited everything there. I visited where, um, you know, Jesus w was buried and all of that stuff. It's very very sacred space for Christians. Mm. And then after I was done, then I started walking around towards the Wailing Wall, which is the very holy place for the Jewish people. And as I was going there, I was like trying to look for the right entrance to go through. And there was this pomegranate seller who was sitting uh, with his uh, a cart of pomegranates right outside the Wailing Wall. So I asked that guy, hey, is this the right entrance to the Wailing Wall? He's like, yeah, yeah, it is. You can go through this gate or that gate, but this is the best one. You get the best view when you walk in. So the guy, that guy was like a, a, a Jewish guy. And then he starts talking to me. He didn't want me to go right away. He's like, oh, where are you from? You know, are you Indian? Are you Hindu? You know, so he was being very friendly. You know, I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm Canadian. So, you know, and I'm like, oh, really? Then he starts asking me out for coffee. You know, and it was a very friendly conversation. I'm like, I have so many places to see today. I don't know if I can go for coffee, you know. Mm -hmm. So then I go inside the Wailing Wall. I, I look at everything. It was an amazing experience. And I go touch the wall, take pictures and all. And then I come out. And then um, the same guy was there. He goes, so how was it? And I was like, it was amazing. It was just mind-blowing. I've never seen anything like this before. He's like, so now do you want to go for coffee? I'm like, no, now I want to go see the Masjid Al-Aqsa. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, that was the main reason why I came here. So, and uh, he's like, oh, you can't go there. I'm like, why Why not? He's like, oh, you have to be a Muslim to go there. I'm like, oh, really? Well, I am one, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's like, what? It's like, uh, uh, I'm like, yeah, because I am a Muslim. You know, I can go in there. Mm -hmm. 
like you're a Muslim and you know all that friendly flirty attitude that he had it completely vanished and his facial expression became that of hostility of disgust of this disbelief that I can't believe you I was talking to a Muslim that sort of a expression is what he had and I, I was so shocked at his expression change that I laughed, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I've never had anybody, <laughs> you know, <laughs> see me in that light before, you and know? And visibly so, do it in front of you. In front of yeah. me, you know? And then he just went subdued, and then he looks at me again one more time, and he goes, you still can't go. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you need to buy a baya, wear a baya, and then go. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, really? It's like, yes. It's like, um, it's like, I told him, where do I get a buy? Even though I was wearing full mm-hmm. sleeves shirt and, you know, full mm-hmm. pants and I had a hijab in my pocket, I was just going to wrap it in mm-hmm. my head and go in. It's like, you need to wear a buyer there. I'm like, okay. So he just showed me to a shop. So I just thanked him. And then I left and I went to this shop. I hoped it was a Palestinian owned shop because my whole point of going there is like, I'm only going to go to Palestinian-owned restaurants, mm-hmm. Palestinian-owned taxi drivers, Palestinian-owned shops, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, support the Palestinian people there when I go there. So thank God I found one and I went in. So this experience itself tells me if him knowing that I'm a Canadian Muslim and show me this much hostility, mm-hmm. imagine what the people that are living there are from there are going through mm-hmm. on a daily basis. So when people don't understand apartheid, it's, there's so much hate that is built in there, so much distrust that is built in there. Like intergenerational. The, yeah, right? yeah. That how, like they, if you don't even see each other, if you see each other with this much hostility, how are you going to get over that hate? How mm. are you going to get over to get to know each other as just simple neighbors, mm. you know? And then you have Gaza, which is like just, you know, just 60 kilometers away, you know, mm-hmm. just going from like, you're not even 60, the whole place is 60 kilometers of Gaza, mm-hmm. as you see, it's just a few kilometers away. It's like you're still in the downtown area, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of a thing. And they can hear the bombings happening, they can hear all the craziness happening, mm-hmm. and instead of feeling something for these people, they are going over there in lookout points and celebrating these bombings every time they see a big ball of fire blowing up in Gaza. You know, and these soldiers are putting them, blowing up neighborhoods after neighborhoods on their TikTok videos. That look, I am now blowing up this neighborhood. Boom! No. I was shocked to see these TikTok videos of these soldiers. That's awful. How can you how can you do this? And and they're taking pride in this insane complete annihilation of a whole people. Mm-hmm. You look at Gaza now, it's apocalyptic scene. Mm-hmm. It looks like as if something out of that Terminator part yeah. one, you know, the beginning scene yeah. when you're walking on top of skulls everywhere. Mm-hmm. It it looks like that. I don't know where, what else to tell you. It's just, it breaks my heart, but I'm hopeful that people are changing their minds. Mm-hmm. 
The government is not changing its mind, unfortunately. This government is not even any longer, I would say, just complicit in the genocide. Mm -hmm. It is now actively taking part in this genocide. Yeah. Because when you remove funding from UNRWA, the only agency that is the, mm, the most important lifeline for Palestinians, not just in Gaza, but in Syria, in Lebanon, in, uh, in, in Jordan, in mm -hmm. East Jerusalem even, because that's the only entity that looks after Palestinians as refugees all over the, the, that area, yeah. you know, the Levant. And you take the lifeline out of that by taking their funding away, you are now directly responsible for the genocide of Palestinian people. Mm -hmm. You're not just complicit anymore. Yeah, 100%. So imagine just at the drop of a hat of these 12 UNRWA individuals, Israel making allegations that, oh, uh, they were responsible for October 7th, you know. No evidence, investigation, or any sort of outside bodies looking at this allegations. Even after they were fired, all 12 of them, they withdraw funding from the whole organization our government and the U.S. and the U.K. This is unheard of. Mm -hmm. And here Israel is getting accused of genocide in the ICJ. And the verdict came out saying mm -hmm. there's genocidal intent that they're showing and no reaction from the Canadian government. Yeah. I like can't get over how that. much can you bend your back to Israel? How much do you want to appease this country that you have completely lost your sense of being a democratic country of mm -hmm. Canada. Well, a sense of decency. We've, and we've given it up, yeah. You know, that, yeah. that, that sense of decency, the sense of that Canada was known for its human rights, mm -hmm. for its peace-building initiatives, all of that gone down the drain. Mm -hmm. It's all dead. Yeah. You know, well, how... 100% dead. Yeah. Yeah, and since... And since 2020, like, to just to, you mentioned something as you were talking, you mentioned so much, my brain's like on fire. But like you were talking about how the result of the oppression creates Hamas, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, and trying, so I, I have trouble sometimes talking about this subject with mm -hmm. obviously mm -hmm. uh, friends, acquaintances that are, um, they don't even know they're Zionists, but they, mm -hmm. it comes out as being mm -hmm. Zionist, right? Um, I was raised in the U.S., right, for a good portion of my life. Mm -hmm. And growing up, like, we were not given the whole story, right? We were not given that. We were always told the story of, this is retaliation for terrorism, right? Until, you, until, we were, until I was old enough to start meeting people from other places and, and getting to know what it's really like, and how Western culture, our culture, specifically North America, I won't talk about anything else, because I've lived in both countries, um, but specifically, we're, we're literally taught from the time we're young, not only to be nationalistic, but also to think of, and I, I hate to say this, but we're taught to value brown children less than our children, right? I, I hate saying that out loud, but it's so true. It has become so obvious to me. You know, um, right now we're facing almost post 9-11 levels of 
Islamophobia. That's what it seems you know? like. This is what my whole life, my activism started when I was at the University of Calgary after those towers went down. Mm. I saw the backlash that the Muslim community faced after that. Mm -hmm. I saw how whoever did that attack in New York, how it changed my life, you know, mm -hmm. my friend's life, my classmate's life. Oh. I saw how my friends had CSIS show up in their door because they wrote an essay, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I saw how uh, my classmates, my fellow um, Muslim sisters who were visibly Muslim in hijab walking down the bus stop in Craigie Hall, you know, mm -hmm. at the University of Calgary's compound where yeah. the buses would stop. I'd see how guys with full beer cans coming from behind them in their cars throw beer cans at these women, you know, right after 9-11. Mm -hmm. So I saw how people in malls would spit at visibly Muslim women, you know. So it was insane. So that sense of injustice, that sense of anger, you know, kept on boiling inside you mm -hmm. to a point that you couldn't just sit there and be just a student and go through your life just trying to get a degree. You know, you were forced to come out and hit the speak out. Mm -hmm. And then you saw how a completely different country that had nothing to do with this, like Afghanistan, mm -hmm. went and got invaded. Mm -hmm. And out of the blue, all of a sudden, right after 9-11, I see tons of Afghan refugees flowing into Pakistan. Mm -hmm. And it was insane what I was seeing happening right in front of me. And it was just, I'm like, I couldn't take it. So that's how things change. And now I see what happened after October 7th. I see in the United States, they said there was an increase in 245% in hate incidents against Muslims. 245%. Oh. I can't even imagine You know, that. there was this... Um, because it's been awful since 9-11. That young kid, that nine-year-old Muslim Palestinian kid, he was stabbed 26 times by his landlord. 26 times, imagine that. Oh, Just God. because he was Muslim and he was Palestinian. And his mom was stabbed too. His mom was fighting for her life when mm. I last checked in the hospital. Where was this? This was in the United States. Because his landlord, who used to play with got so angry because of what happened in uh, in Israel mm -hmm. that he came out and he went and he he stabbed this little kid to death. So 26 times. Yeah. And incidents like this was all over the United States and Canada. You know, it wasn't as extreme as this, but mm -hmm. it was still there. So yeah. I'd, I can't tell you how much people stopped seeing brown bodies, Muslim bodies, Arab bodies, mm -hmm. anybody that was speaking out. Because it didn't happen on October 7. It happened 75 years ago. Mm -hmm. October 7 was just uh, a result of what's been going on, how it's been building up big time without nobody doing anything about it. Before October 7, there was almost 300 Palestinians killed by Israelis. Just this, this last year alone in 2023. Mm -hmm. That's the largest number of Palestinians killed 
than the previous years for the longest time. Mm -hmm. Nobody says a single word. Yeah. So you didn't think that the pressure cooker was going to mm -hmm. blow off at some point or the other. I don't have, I'm not a Palestinian. Mm -hmm. So I don't have the right to say how Palestinians dictate their fight. Mm -hmm. You know, it is, it is their fight. They know how to go about doing it the best. Mm -hmm. But of course, none of us condone in any way the killing of innocent civilians of course not. in any sides. Yeah. But then we also have to understand how you, me, most people, at least I did speak out, mm -hmm. most people on my Facebook wouldn't even say anything about Palestinians. Mm -hmm. But it kept on happening. Yeah. Kids kept on getting arrested, tortured. Mm -hmm. You know, there's women sitting in the jail without any sort of um, uh, case or court or any lawyer, anything, for year after year, men, just political prisoners without any court, any judge, any lawyer, any legal proceedings sitting there for decades. The amount of injustice that has been going on there, like it's been unimaginable and it, because it's never reported in the news so mm. most of us westerners have no idea what's been going on there no so it's so easy to churn that as oh these are just terrorists mm -hmm. you know yeah. they, these are terrorists they're going and killing innocent jewish people mm -hmm. and if you speak out on that you're an anti-semite mm -hmm. and nobody Which will is absurd. tell you that it's absurd these are the people these palestinians they're their houses have been demolished. They have been thrown out of their homes and other people have taken over their lands. And, you know, their homes have been transformed into Israeli playgrounds. Palestinian graveyards have been demolished and made into Israeli parks for Israelis to use. It's insane the amount of injustice that has taken all in the, in the name of just taking this land. Land. It is not a religious conflict. Mm -hmm. It's a conflict about occupation and land. Yeah. It's not a conflict between Muslims and Jews. Palestinians are Christians. Palestinians are Muslims. Palestinians are of all different religion. Mm -hmm. There are thousand-year-old churches in Gaza where the original Christians were from. You know, they have been demolished, finished. Mm -hmm. You know, some of the, the Christians in Gaza are almost extinct now. You know, and nobody gives a F about them mm. because these guys are so busy painting it as some sort of a religious conflict when mm. it is not. Because they can't admit that it's about land. No. And they can't admit that it's about wiping out a whole bunch of people. People, exactly. They have to make it about something palatable, right? Exactly. Yeah. That people, oh my God, we're fighting be religion. the Muslims, you yeah. know, so... We're fighting the the the, barba the the barbarians, you know, the savages, you and know. So at some point, we in the West have to stop listening to this bullshit, though, right? And we have to be like, okay, listen, all children are of equal value. All humans are of equal value. Exactly. Just a right? few years ago, we were all crying in City Hall, mm -hmm. talking about every child matters. Mm -hmm. We're wearing orange shirts, putting up orange shirts in everybody's mm -hmm. schools, in the highways, in, mm -hmm. the, in the offices, you know, everybody's having truth and reconciliation being discussed. Does every child really matter? 100%. Do Palestinian children not fall in that category of every child? Because yeah. you didn't give a F about the 70% of the children out of this 30,000 that got yeah, killed were women okay. and children. Yeah, they don't care.
you know, have been seeing it's bodies blood. after bodies of little Palestinian kids, you know, their, their, their entire bodies blown apart. They're shivering and shaking in fear and mm. cold and no food. And their parents are dead. You know, there's so many Palestinian kids. They have that term that they use a lot in the hospital that uh, there's an acronym for it, but it basically means no other family member is left for that children. Mm. Everybody's dead except for this child. Wow. And how many of those kids are still around, right? Imagine that. What yeah. are their future going to be? Oh. Traumatized forever. And then eventually if, they're, if they grow up and they're angry, they'll be called terrorists. Exactly. What a like what an unbelievably sorry part of my French part of my language but what an unbelievably fucked process completely like absolutely you know and and you call these people then terrorists yeah what choice do they have yeah what choice do they have now you see when the war in Ukraine happened mm -hmm. you see all these westerners you know feeling so bad for Ukraine, going well, out white. there and, you know, fighting mm -hmm. with them. You know, I have friends that left, yeah. Canadians that left that weren't even Ukrainians, felt so bad and and and, and everything is acceptable, yeah. you know? We can support them because they're yeah, white. Yeah, because they're white. Yeah. I mean, I even had this one um, teacher tell me that, Saima, you won't believe in our school in one of the Fridays right after October 7th, they're talking, saying that, oh, um, everybody, uh, our Jewish students wouldn't be coming to the school because there is some global day of jihad, that there is a Jewish people are at threat. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? So they said Hamas is going to go kill Jewish people. I'm like, where did Hamas say any of this? I went and looked at the Hamas leader's uh, press release. Mm -hmm. He talked about a global day of jihad where he asked in all the mosques, and in all the Arab world and all the world outside to pray for Palestinians, to stand mm. up with Palestine. So they translated that into some sort of global day of jihad against Jewish people to kill Jewish people. So they Imagine the prayer. lies that they perpetrated with that one thing. And then... Wow. What a I, fucking joke. The, the teacher called me the next week and she said, so Simon, this one Jewish kid, he really likes me, he came up to me and he told me, she's a high school um, mm. teacher, and uh, she said that this kid said, oh, I couldn't come on Friday because they made us all write the IDF test. Hmm. And the what? I'm like, the IDF, like, you know, to, because they were, they were calling reservists all over the world to come mm. fight in Israel. So that kid, that 18-year-old was writing his test to go to Israel and, and draft in the IDF. And fight and against sitting Palestine. Here and fight against Palestinians. So... I would consider that person a terrorist going out there to go to genocide on Palestinians. Mm -hmm. But in our country, this is all patriotic, this is all acceptable. Mm -hmm. How are Canadian kids going out to a different country and going and killing other people acceptable just because they happen to be Jewish? Because we make the rules. Because you make the rules, yeah. exactly. Our, our and if any... And Muslim kid or Arab kid goes and does this in mm -hmm. Palestine, he'll be immediately labeled a terrorist. Well, how many stories have you heard since 2001 where mm -hmm. there's been folks from North America joining ISIS mm -hmm. or these different places mm -hmm. in order to fight back against what they believe in? Exactly. Right? Exactly. And then we have, and then I, I come across this all the time, is people who don't understand how that happens. And I'm like, well, it's very simple. If I push you, 
if I keep pushing you every day and you don't do nothing, eventually you're going to do something. Right. right? And exactly. chances are it's going to be more than push me. Yes. Right? Because and especially you, if you don't see anybody standing up for you. That's right. When you see that much injustice happening, it's very easy to convince young people then mm -hmm. that, look, these people need help. Yeah. You need to go out there and fight and help. Mm -hmm. And that's the pure reason why a lot of these young people go there at the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, and then they see a completely different whatever when it yeah. comes to ISIS and all of that. But then come back to here, what's happening now, and the double standard I'm seeing, it's insane. Oh, it's absolutely insane. You know, and I feel like my worth as a Muslim, I see my Arab friends, I see their worth. It's like, it's nothing. Mm -hmm. They have no voice. Aren't we, you know, this government keeps on saying a Canadian is a Canadian is a Canadian. Mm -hmm. But it's obvious now, you know, the, the worth, the voice of Muslim Canadians, of mm -hmm. Arab Canadians is nothing. Well, and Canada has a long history of not... Um how do I put this, of trying to eradicate its own brown people. Yes. So, like, yes. To, to assume Canada is any different, I mean, you and I both know that South Africa's apartheid was based on Canada's apartheid. Exactly. Right? Like, they exactly. studied each other to continue these ways of oppression and of genocide. Did you know that Nelson Mandela was stopped being declared a terrorist all the way in 2003? by the United States. Finally. That's when they finally took his name out. Yeah. 2003. I knew it was on there for quite a while. You know, so yeah. this is what the what? West is, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's, and that's why, you see, it's so difficult for a colonizing country to accept that, oh my God, we can't stand against another colonizer. Mm -hmm. We... We have to, we have to be there for them because that's our history. We almost have to double down. Right? Right. Yeah. So even like right at the beginning of October 7, you remember one politician spoke up for Palestinian. It was Sarah Jama, mm. you know, that from the Ontario NDP. That's right. And she got and, fired. Uh, and she got fired. Yeah. You know, why is now the BC NDP is this lady who was speaking at the Benai Breath conference i don't know if you just saw her mm -hmm. video that came out this week where she's talking about palestinians saying that there was nothing there there was no land there there's no people there was nothing there it was just barren you know the jewish people made it the prosperous land that it is mm -hmm. now so she spoke like palestinians are nothing they were there's nothing they mm -hmm. didn't even exist it was disgusting to see. Now she's under a lot of fire, mm -hmm. you know, for these comments that she was speaking at a Zoom conference to yeah. Benai Breath. And then she's not getting fired. Yeah. You know, so it is interesting to see right now when there's so much support for Palestinians mm -hmm. and still she's not getting fired mm -hmm. for these comments, all because she stood up for the colonizer. Yeah. You know, so this, this whole history of our land you know, of um, the colonizers always standing up for each mm -hmm. other. It's so destructive right now. Well, and it's so absurd to me because I wonder why. Right? I mean, unless you're benefiting from yeah. it, which makes sense. But if you're not... What are you benefiting yeah. here? How could you? How could you benefit? Yeah. What is the benefit of the United States giving $4 billion of aid to Israel? Yeah. What is, what is it getting in return? Protection. Protection from what? In the region, from the brown enemy. 
<laughs> well, yeah, but if we th- it, really, right? Because Iran, it, look, they're all to me, all these countries are rallying around the Palestinians for a reason. It's because they have no one else. And I mean like mm-hmm. Jordan, Syria, and um, these countries that have been labeled as terrorist countries, basically, right, by, by the Western media. Because if you say you stand for what's happening there, you're basically anti-American. Right. Or and anti-Canadian. And, and it's funny because se- before 75 years, you know, there wasn't any of this rhetoric. Yes, mm-hmm. there was colonization happening, yeah. but there wasn't any enemy of the West, mm-hmm. you know. So that's why I'm just sitting here and wondering, you know, you now have put all these after the First World War, the, all these puppet government in these Arab world that you control, that everybody dances in your tune mm. of the West, you know? That's why none of them are even lifting the head, and the ones that are lifting the head are the most downtrodden, mm-hmm. destroyed, war-torn Yemen, you know, mm. that have nothing left after years of war. Except for heart. So except for their heart to stand up, and, mm. and, and now these people who are finally putting a fight up against genocide without even killing one single person, Mm -hmm. just stopping ships, they're now called the terrorists. Mm -hmm. And the people that are causing these genocide for the last four months, they're called the civilians. Mm -hmm. You know, the saviors, you know, the saviors of Western democracy. Mm -hmm. It's disgusting, I tell you, what's happening now. It's what we have become. Yeah. And that's why, like, this government right now has no support. Mm-hmm. You know, people are disgusted by them. People, you know, but then the, the alternative, which is the conservatives that oh. might be coming, yeah. they're ten times worse when it comes to this topic. Yeah. Pierre Paul Evere is the, the first when it comes to Zionism. You know, when he used to do initial interviews on yeah. Skype b- way back when he first became an MP, he used mm-hmm. to actually have a flag of Israel behind him in the TV camera. And people made a lot of fuss about it. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you have not a Canadian flag, but an Israeli flag? And then he finally removed it. But that's how Zionist he mm-hmm. is. You know, so it's, it's insane how this country, because of his past, because of this guilt that... It has it is caring of what they did to Jewish people mm-hmm. and Muslims and Arabs and Palestinians have to bear the brunt of the Western guilt, the Western hate towards Jewish people and we didn't do nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's not about you Jewish know? people. No, it's not. Yeah, it's about like living and surviving, right? Like Exactly. It's and how do you survive? You know, you Mm. you look at Gaza right now, 85% of the people are displaced. Mm. Almost 2 million people are now displaced. There's, they have no homes to go back to because their homes have been completely obliterated. Mm -hmm. I saw a video this morning that they have started killing their donkeys and their dogs to eat. The donkeys that they were using because they don't have fuel anymore, so yeah. they were using donkey carts to go from place to place. They started killing them and eating them. They started killing dogs that were walking around because mm-hmm. they have no more food. Jesus. That's how insanely terrible things are right now. And you certainly won't see that come up on CBC. No. Right? Or you won't CNN. see that. Yeah. And then I saw yesterday 
all these guys with Israeli flags walking around protesting the aid trucks coming into Gaza. Mm. They were stopping the aid trucks, all these Israelis. That, see, to me, that is like the overt expression of genocide. We're literally not going to give you food anymore. Yes, yeah. exactly. We're just going to sit by and watch you die because everyone's letting us. Exactly, because yeah. everyone is letting us. That's yeah. the most important thing. You well, just not said just right letting now. us, letting them, but also participating in it. Participating in it, defending yeah. you to do it, yeah. everything. Yeah. It's as a, as a guy raised in North America, it's, it's fucking gross. Like, it's just so disturbing to me. That, right? That I wish people not... would have your sensibility to understand how gross, how unjust, how genocidal, how tragic mm. this, this is for humanity. To see it unfold right in front of you in 2024. Yeah. People, like, what, I've never seen a people documenting their genocide as much as Palestinians did. Mm through TikTok, through Instagram. You see videos after videos from, you know, Motaz, from the Mansur Shuman, from all of these journalists, you know, mm. Wild Dadu. Their family members are getting killed left, right, and center, but these Palestinian citizen journalists, they kept on reporting day after day mm. to tell the world, look, this is, what's, this is how they're killing us. This is how they're you know, destroying our ambulances, our schools, mm -hmm. our UNRWA buildings, our, our shelters, our hospitals. You know, this is how they're doing it. And we just kept on seeing it, but we didn't do nothing about it. Mm. And not only did we not do anything, our governments did the the opposite of what was right. Exactly. Right, and they just Kept continue on saying to do Israel it. has a right to defend itself. Yeah, against a, a, such a. Have a, you ever a, seen a victim that we have portrayed as the victim has the ability to stop its oppressors, so-called oppressors, food, fuel, all necessities? That's How the opposite of victimization. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. How does a victim stop all of this? Yeah. It's, it's insane. And I think the level of, I, I, I believe what you've done since 2013, probably long before that, um, is, and people like you who are vocal and out there speaking about these things, um, you have, like, I don't know if this matters to you, maybe it doesn't, but you have made a huge difference in people's lives. I can say that because I, I heard you speak once. One time I heard you speak. And I thought, changed my entire like perspective. And then I started talking to more people, right? Like, and I've been talking right. to people for years now since, since 2020. Because when they murdered George Floyd down south, that changed everything, right? It did. It did. And that is why, you know, we keep on seeing this frustration from people mm -hmm. that Simon, you're speaking up, I'm speaking up, I'm posting, you know, but nothing is happening. Mm -hmm. But I could at least change your mind. Mm -hmm. So maybe when you go and talk to another person in your mm -hmm. family, amongst your friends, you will change another person's mind. So it's all about changing the minds mm -hmm. of citizens, about yeah. the grassroots, educating them, mm -hmm. what's happening. You know, at least people are bearing witness. Mm -hmm. And I know at some point bearing witness becomes so useless and feels like this is not enough and I need mm -hmm. to do more then you take action and do more. Mm -hmm. You know, you come out, you come out to the rally, you call your MP's office every day. Mm -hmm. 
demanding him to speak up for you. <coughs> you write letters like snail mail, mm -hmm. you know, emails, everything that you can, every action that you can take, right? You, you write to these letters to the editor. Mm -hmm. You ask them, why aren't you covering all of this that just happened? I'm seeing Instagram is filled with this. Why is your news showing? They start off by showing all these uh, uh, parents crying as Israeli soldiers are dying, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, they're crying over and people get, oh, okay, this is so bad. Mm -hmm. They're killing Israelis. Like who, what, what are you doing in Gaza? Mm -hmm. You know, like, is, is bombing the bejesus out of them or not enough? Then you send your soldiers. But they suck at their that one-on-one -on -one, uh, combat mm -hmm. anyways. So their soldiers will be dying. They're mm -hmm. great at killing people from the top with bombs. Yeah. But they don't know how to fight with these, these you know, youth in their yeah, you force uh, sandals and runners, you know, mm -hmm. with their track pants. They're coming out of tunnels and, you know, trying to, you know, beat the enemy. So... Mm -hmm. It's, it's insane to see what's going on. Mm -hmm. And believe me, their soldiers will keep on dying if they stay in this land. Mm -hmm. So, and that hatred, the cycle of hatred will keep on going. You're not fighting for peace. Mm -hmm. You're destroying your future by going down this route. Mm -hmm. And you need to stop now. You need to stop your expansion of settlements now. You need to get all your troops out now. You're killing your own hostages by dropping bombs on, on top of all these Palestinians. Mm -hmm. All these hostages that have been killed so far, every single one of them were killed by Israel. Mm -hmm. The Palestinians were really good at looking after hostages. Mm -hmm. They took care of them from shampoo to conditioner to feeding them exactly what they were eating themselves. Yeah. Well, and it's it's easy for the for the the folks who control the media to tell us that these are that's not what's happening. No, right? exactly. And it was much like in Afghanistan. If you paid attention, if you were paying attention during the Afghan, the last Afghanistan war, then you realized how like out of um, balance things are. Right? right. Because the drone strikes that killed families, entire generations of families. Um, in order to, to, to potentially, in their minds, target one target. And the, so that just tells me right away, here's the value of human life from the American or Canadian government mm -hmm. side when it comes to children in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. The value is, well, one, um, one Canadian soldier for how many lives? 50, 100, right? Exactly, like, exactly. And why are we doing this, right? Because it, it just perpetuates that hate. And, and it's like the, and I'm not a sociologist, but like you don't have to be a sociologist to realize that if you push people around long enough, they're going to fight back. And they should fight back. That's like human to fight back. It is human to fight back. 100%. I mean, if you don't fight back, you're, you, you are finished. Yeah. You're annihilated. Your people are completely erased from the face of this earth. Yep. Human beings, their basic want is to live. Mm. And to live, you have to fight your oppressors. Yeah. So if you are having your, even before this October 7th, you're living in a complete siege. Mm -hmm. Air, land, sea, 
through all direction a complete siege every little thing that comes into your thing is to be monitored mm -hmm. you know you can't just go out when you want to you can't have anybody come in when they want to mm -hmm. that's it's an open air prison it's a yeah. it's a concentration camp well, prison it sounds... is like if somebody does something wrong, you put them in a prison. Mm -hmm. It's a concentration camp. That's essentially what it is. Yeah. So you don't think people inside a concentration camp would, you know, pick up and after years and years of frustration, finally get out and mm -hmm. do something crazy drastic because nobody gave a shit about them. Everybody forgot mm -hmm. about them. Yeah. This was Well, was you know, inevitable. we would do the same here if we were invaded. Yeah. We would do the same. We would defend ourselves. We would do whatever we had to do to Whatever protect. we had to do. That's right. And then somebody might call us terrorists. Yes. Depending on who invaded us, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm, I'm tired, though, you know, David. Mm. I'm tired of talking about this so that Canadians would understand, the Westerners yeah. would understand. But we can't stop. No. We have to go on and tell the world if you even have... One minute to listen to what's happening to Palestinians, listen mm -hmm. and speak up. We have to change the direction that we got so comfortable being in. Mm -hmm. Taking this one-sided approach, always supporting Israel. Mm -hmm. We have to stop this. Stop this for our future generations. Stop this to save humanity. Stop this to save Canada. To be a decent country that even has, doesn't have to take another side, just be this, on the side of, of, even if you don't take any sides, just be on the side for peace. Mm. You know, just be not on the side of genocide. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing, right? No. Like to go against genocide is always going to be the right decision. Right? Yeah. Exactly. No matter what's going on. Simon, thank you so much. I won't take up any more of your time. I know this is probably exhausting for you because it's emotional and it's real. Like it's the real, this is the real stuff that most of us here in the West, we don't get to, unless we go out of our way to try to connect, right? Right, and, exactly. No, I'm glad I was able to come and maybe, you know, put some ideas of truth and enlightenment in people's mm -hmm. mind so that they can you know, come out and when we see a rally that is for free Palestine mm -hmm. to end the genocide, to call for ceasefire, you come out and join the movement. It's mm -hmm. taken over all over the West, yeah. all over everywhere, every city. Join it, stand up for the truth, educate yourself, speak up. Mm -hmm. Right on. And I'm thank you so much uh, for that. And seeing more and more um, free Palestinian rallies mm -hmm. all across North America is like it makes the heart a little bit warm because right. it, it's like a, a sign that maybe there is something changing, right? Exactly. You know, exactly. and I really hope there, there is. is. Yeah. There is finally you'll see change happening and we just have to continue doing the hard work mm -hmm. on the ground. Well, thank, thank you. you for doing the hard work.